okay, what's what's the crisis this year? Nothing. No crisis. Everything's perfect. What? Seriously? But it's the glitter bombs. There's always something. Last year, you and Monica got lost in America. We're always running behind schedule. There was that year where, like, shark came and he bit everything. And, like, what are you talking about? Nothing's wrong? Yeah, the year of the shark bite is really a testament to Val's work ethic, I think, that she still makes such incredible gear with just one arm. But so you're telling me there's no issues this year? No issues. This is our fifth time. We are a well-oiled machine. RJ? RJ City? He's in the green room. I got Lindsay playing bartender, and I told her just keep the Shirley Temples flowing. Okay. Uh, what about what about Becca? Soundcheck with Jackie. Amazing. Sounded great. First ever live performance of Silent Night here tonight. Plus, Mrs. Popcheck's third grade class. They arrived. Elf costumes on. They look adorable. They're ready to dance behind her. Everything's good. Okay, but what about the runway? You know. I love them, but Calvin and Tyler can be real drama queens sometimes. Yes, so I put I put Val pancakes on it. I said basically just gush nonstop about how hot they are until the minute they go on stage. Just don't don't stop. Uh, okay, that was really smart. All right, um, what about our secret surprise guests? Okay, so I got Don playing them with hors d'oeuvres, and Don's telling them stories about their time in the Navy. I got Mayday in the booth. Directing things, he's got his assistant directors. He says everything's good. Cameras are loaded, ready to happen. I got Monica on the door, making sure nobody tries to crash because we are sold out tonight. I think that's it. I think everything's perfect. I, I, as far as I know, we're ready to go live in five. Hey, guys. Hey, Rich. How's it going? Not great. RJ refuses to go on. What do you mean he refuses to go on? We flew him in. We paid him good money. Well, not good money, but we, money. He says he'll still host, but he doesn't want to leave his couch in the green room. Okay. This is not a crisis. This is just a problem looking for a solution. Tell him we'll compromise. He can stay on the couch, but he still has to go on the stage. How are we going to get the couch on the stage with him on it? Harley, sweet Harley, we have wrestlers. Rich, tell Val to remind the runway how big and strong they are. I'm on my way. It's the most wonderful time of the year. City, Howdy Price, a musical performance from Becca, The Runway, author Joanne Starr, Ella J, host of LGBT In the Ring, Brian Bell, and many more. It's a night of stars honoring the best in women's wrestling. This is the 2023 Glitter Bombs.
It's a wonderful night for glitter, 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 who will win? It's a wonderful night for glitter, 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 don't get pinned. And now, your host for the Glitter Bomb Awards, RJ City. Pause. I look around. I got the tuxedo. I got my hands behind my back. I'm recording this while lounging on the couch, hugging a pillow, because quite frankly, I don't care anymore. I can do a worse job every year. And yet, the glitter bombs continue. Okay, here's the beginning uh, of the monologue. Hello, everyone. I am RJ City, or as a Tony Storm might say, uh, RJ Titty. <laughs> and then they would cut to her in the audience, and she goes... Like that. Uh, the, gl- the, the the Grit and Glitter podcast. Oh, oh, we love it. I'll tell you. If you get some glitter in the right areas, it can be quite gritty. And then there's more laughter. Oh, what a night. What a night. Well, uh, we are here presenting uh, the glitter bombs. And if you remove the glitter, it's just what Danhausen has every time he gets in the ring. Two, three, four. Uh, we're going to be honoring the best in women's wrestling. Boy, there's so many two and a half minute matches to choose from. Uh, this is, of course, all based on percentages uh, of screen time. It's one of those uh, tests. I can't remember the name of the. There's a test above women in film. There's some test. Wrestling has never even. Wrestling hasn't even written it. It's just got a, a, a failure. But the legacy of wrestling is really based on that failure, which I think is wonderful. Top nominees this year include Tony Storm, Willow Nightingale, who seems unreasonably happy. Uh, I don't, don't, don't quite know what her deal is. She's the babe with the power. And uh, instead of Babe Ruth, who's the babe with the meat sweats. And then cut to Babe Ruth in the audience, and he's laughing. And Athena, the minion overlord, Athena, uh, who's been decimating people and has been holding on to her title for a very long time and will continue to hold on to it because she, she is a violent human being. And I'm so glad we've cultivated an industry where we can reward that. Veda Scott is also nominated tonight. There's a mild applause break for Veda Scott. She's doing commentary, and I will say it again, she always wears glasses, and you always get that that lens glare, and I hate it. Take the lenses out of your glasses. That's what I do. Have some respect. Uh, She does a lot of uh, commentary. Uh, My favorite one is when she goes, Whoa, that was something. I'll never forget that moment. That was really excellent commentary by Vader's guy. And also, Edith Surreal. That mask is fantastic. Never seen Edith without the mask, nor do I want to. I want to keep the mystery. Is it Tony Schiavone? I guess we'll never know. It could be Tony Schiavone behind the mask. Tony is an artistic fellow. I do miss back when Edith was still life with apricots and pears. And now both the apricots and the pears are rotted and decomposed. But such is life. And that's why Edith 
stop doing it. This is so real to be standing here in front of all of you. Uh, gee, I'll never forget what uh, the famed legendary women's wrestler Ivory said to me. I will not date you. Stop liking my Instagram. I thought that was really, you know, joking around. They do their bits. They all do their bits. Well, uh, this is the show. Please, when you accept your award, uh, stay on your time, which will be cut drastically for the main event. And now, on with the bombs. And now, the host of Grit and Glitter, M. Fear and Harley Vasquez. Hello, boys and girls. This is it, the 2023 Glitter Bombs for the fifth year in a row. We are here, live, in person, in the big auditorium to present your picks. The favorites, the bests, the uh, top of the classes in the world of women's wrestling. Wrestlers of marginalized gender were nominated in various categories. You told us who to nominate. You told us who won. Wrestlers from any promotion, any country on the planet were eligible. It, uh, it wasn't really relevant. It's, it's, it's pretty American, this, uh, this crew. You guys were given the entire world, and you decided that uh, that was cool, but you wanted to stick with, you know, largely your home country, which is fine. Uh, plenty of wrestling this year to be excited about in every country, but, yep, American wrestling was killing it, and wrestlers of marginalized gender um, in every in every promotion, from the major promotions to the indie promotions, to every corner of this country, uh, you guys did a wonderful job acknowledging the vast diversity of presence. Um, we have categories that honor so many different types of wrestlers, so many wrestlers with different backgrounds, races, uh, gender and sexual identities. And it's just, it's so pleasing to see who you were paying attention to in 2023. Now, there was some overlap from years past. Oh, we have, you know, we have our favorites. We have a couple of potential Glitter Bomb historic moments that could happen here tonight. Could Willow Nightingale become a three-time in a row winner of Best Babyface? Could Edith Surreal become a three-time in a row winner of Favorite Wrestler? Right now, in the history of Favorite Wrestler, we've only had two. Io Sky won twice, Edith Surreal won twice. So regardless of how that category unfolds tonight, history will be made. Io Sky did not make the nominee field, which means Edith Surreal has either the chance to make it three and take control of the category, or we get somebody brand new for the first time in three years. And then outstanding wrestler in a non not sorry. Outstanding performer in a non-wrestling role. Veda Scott is nominated. Veda is already a three-time winner in this category. If they win tonight, they will go four out of five. The first ever person to win the same award four times. It could happen. We won't know for another 40 minutes, probably. But it could happen. It is, it is clear that you all love Veda, and with with good cause. Veda, Veda continues to kill it every year, expanding their territory when it comes to commentary, expanding their, expanding their presence, and continuing their in-ring work on occasion, too. So, like, honestly, you you guys, you, good pick there. If, if Beta becomes our four-time winner in that category. 
it will be well chosen. But they have stiff competition. And as if that weren't enough, as if our celebrity guest host RJ City wasn't enough, all our various guest presenters who will be joining us here tonight, our announcer, Rich Fan, for the very first time here at the Glitter Bombs, first time in five years, a musical performance. We have a live musical act. We're going full Saturday Night Live up in here, a live musical performance from Becca performing her Christmas single, Silent Night. I know what you're thinking, Christmas was yesterday. It's over. It's, hey, when Becca's involved, it ain't over. That is correct. Absolutely. Not over. And you know what? An international pop sensation wants to sing on our award show. Uh, she gets to sing whatever she damn well chooses. You'll be hearing from us all night while we discuss the winners and the nominees in all the categories. But I think you've heard from us enough for now. Let's throw things over to our very first award of the night. Our first award of the night goes to the wrestler who made the biggest splash in a new pond this year. Here to present the award for biggest debuter signing is Glitterati member and WOW superfan, Lindsay Baker. Hey, what's up? It's Lindsay, and I'm here to present the Glitter Bomb for the biggest debuter signing. Before we get into our nominees, let's get my expert and exclusive insight into what exactly makes a good debuter signing. I've been running the numbers, compiling the charts, and analyzing the data, and here's what me and the boys at the lab have distilled it down to. Was it expected? Sometimes the surprises are the most memorable. Maybe we don't need rumors from dark sheets. Typically, we get hints from wrestlers and promos or whatever, but me personally, I enjoy it when it feels like it's something I willed into existence, because I'm magic. <laughs> Does it provide a whole new world of opportunity? Is your Blorbo stuck in catering? Maybe they have a hokey dancing gimmick. Does their company only trot them out for Pride Month? There has to be a better way. Whenever a wrestler jumps from promotion to promotion, it always strikes me as a refresh, like a clean slate and brand new opponents, and sometimes old rivals, to face. Their character gets a chance to be framed in a new way, which ties into my final point, the look. What kind of outfit do they have? Has their aesthetic have an overhaul? Is there cool fan art being made? Did it steal the thunder of a match preceding or following it? It might be superficial, but that's sports entertainment, baby. Just between you and me, listener, my personal debut of the year took place inside the fabled purple mat of WOW Women of Wrestling, where we saw Delilah Doom join as Gloria Glitter. She gets it more than David McLean does. And that's coming from me, a very good observer. Moving on. And the nominees for biggest debut or signing are Jade Cargill to WWE, Mercedes Monet to New Japan, Trinity to Impact, Sunny Kiss to Impact, and Billy Starks to Ring of Honor. Pause for drama. And the glitter bomb goes to Mercedes Monet. Woo! Yay! Wow! Good for her! No, really, I think she earned that. Anyone who tells the WWE <laughs> or the WB, one of them, uh, whoever, you know, what she did was cool. Walking out was cool. Know your worth. <laughs> All right, everybody. Bye! This was my pick, if I'm being honest. And this was a tough category this year because you have, like, you look at this list here and it's like Jade Cargill hasn't even wrestled for WWE yet, but the way she was treated when she arrived, the fact that she was showing up all these places and they're making a big deal of her just walking 
into the building and standing backstage made her feel like a huge star and a huge signing for them. Maybe the biggest women's signing since Ronda Rousey, arguably. Trinity yeah. goes to Impact, wins the title, undefeated, since arriving at Impact. Billy Starks goes to ROH, main events, final battle, almost wins the title. Sunny Kiss, I don't even know if Sunny is signed to Impact or not. I think it might have just been two appearances, two matches, but that was enough for our listeners and for a lot of the internet to be like, wow, yes, please, more of this. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, you can, and honestly, the the call with Trinity is really close because not only are we talking about um, Trinity making like her first appearance in a promotion that is not WWE in however many years, but also there was a lot of interesting chatter around her signing to Impact of what that meant for the company, what that meant for the profile of Impact, and now of course, TNA again, and what that meant for, you know, Trinity, whether that was a step down, whether it was a a lateral move, what that meant for her profile. And it's turned out really great for her because they have treated her every bit of the star that she deserves to be treated. That all being said, there was not a moment this year. There was not a signing this year. There was not a like women's wrestling specific signing this year that had anywhere near the seismic effect that Mercedes Monet to New Japan Pro Wrestling had. And for so many reasons, we are talking about the former Sasha Banks signing with an international promotion, a promotion that his public profile has grown exponentially in the last several years, but whose women's wrestling profile is still relatively very, very small. So they were making this giant, this enormous deal to bring in arguably the hottest free agent that has existed in however many years, especially in women's wrestling, to bring her in to essentially found the women's division. They're putting all their money behind this wrestler. And that is a huge deal. That's a huge deal. She was a huge get for New Japan Pro Wrestling, who have tons of stars, but who made the choice to put a enormous high-profile professional wrestler in the forefront of their burgeoning women's division, which, you know, it's it's had its ups and downs considering the injuries that we faced with it. But, like, that's a huge, big step to make when you are just beginning your women's division. Her walking away from WWE, like, voluntarily walking away, was huge because we've had we've had stars of her magnitude make these shifts from promotion to promotion. People like Cody, but it's like, Cody was released from WWE. Brian Danielson, when he left, he was like on the tail end of his career, we thought. We thought his career was over and his best days were behind him. Mercedes was at the peak. So the closest that we've had is like, is John Moxley, but, and Moxley's been treated as big of a star as she had, as she was in the very brief time that we got to see her do those things before she got injured. If she hadn't got injured, it's we have no idea what the rest of 2023 would have looked like for her. But I mean, she went there, she won one championship, held it for a while, lost it, and then they created a belt just for her. They created the New Japan Strong Women's title just so she would have a title. So um, there are rumors going around right now that she might be heading back to WWE. I really hope not, because we just scratched the surface of like 
the impact that she can make in these other places, the the spectacle that she can cause, and the and the groundwork she can lay to show people, show other women, like look at all these opportunities out there, like stand up for yourself, don't accept these this chopped liver that they were giving her and Trinity and WWE, where they're like, oh, you can be the take chance, but the titles won't even be defended on pay-per-views. You just be in the middle of the show, and nobody cares about the feuds anyway. Like she's like, no, I deserve better than this. This is my legacy, and. Like, I'm sure, although they're all friends, I'm sure there was a little bit of internal competition amongst the four horsewomen of, like, which one of us is going to have the biggest legacy when we retire? Which one of us is going to be considered, like, the best of the best? Because we're all amazing. And I truly think, like, if she stays, like, on New Japan and a couple of these other places for another year or two, that can be the difference maker of putting her number one in history books. I'm in total agreement. And like for those who were confused about Sasha Banks signing with New Japan Pro Wrestling, you have to remember that Sasha Banks took took months off to go during the midst of her WWE run. She took months off to take like a sojourn to Japan and to train with uh, like with various promotions and to like work on her wrestling with the people that she considers the best in the world. So like, it, it wasn't any surprise to me that she would, she would be lured to new Japan, especially with like the intention of building a belt around her and building a women's division around her. And I'm sure a very lucrative paycheck because they're not hurting for money. It would be such a shame to be, to take this type of like big, big shift in conversation and attention towards what promotions were actually like getting these high profile wrestlers in it would be such a shame to me if this all just led back to her re-signing with WWE. Like, I could see it happening a little bit too clearly, honestly, but I really hope it doesn't. Because I'd love for her to get healthy and then have the run that I'm sure that they intended her to have in 2023. One final note I'll make on this category before we move on to our next award. This is the first time in our five-year history of the Glitter Bombs that AEW didn't win this category. Oh, Every huh? other year, it was blank to AEW was the big story. Ruby Soho, Nyla Rose, people like that. This year, yeah, you can you consider Billy Starks to ROH to be like, because ROH is, is AEW. It's all the same thing at this point. It's, it's the defense of NXT and Raw. But she didn't win. That's that's the magnitude of Mercedes making that move. I, I mean... Who were the major signings to AEW this year? Mariah May was... would probably been been the biggest, and she hasn't wrestled yeah. yet. I can't think yeah, of anybody so... else who who debuted. Yeah, I mean they're they're doing some interesting work with Mariah, and they're gonna they're they clearly have a story going with her. But like, it's a slow burn, and it's not it's been happening so uh, late into 2023 that I'm not surprised that it hasn't like really cracked. It didn't really crack our our voters like top picks yet of all the despicable villains in the world of wrestling only one can sit atop the throne here to present the award for best heel is the last manager with personality the pride of the price check ranch and noted hat thief victim of brody lee jr howdy price <laughs> howdy <laughs> now heel a person who is self-centered or untrustworthy 
Now, the one element that stands out the most to me is a person. A human being at that. Only difference is, this particular person, unlike the rest, is considered self-centered or evil. Now, let me ask you this. Aren't we all selfish in our own pursuits to be the best? Very much so. Now, evil? Well, that depends on the perspective. Which do you want to be connected with more? The one who does everything they can to win? Or the one who lets restrictions decide their fate? These five nominees clearly display which part they prefer most. While everyone else? Oh, who the hell cares? They're losers. <laughs> Here are the nominees for Best Heel. Rhea Ripley. Tony Storm. Diona Perazzo, Athena, Tiffany Stratton, and the glitter bomb goes to Athena. Hey, congratulations! Do I go this way? No, I'll go this way. Okay. Okay, we'll talk about we'll talk about it in a minute because we talk about it every year. The fact that nobody from the Indies was nominated in this category when. So many of our other categories are always like feature at least a couple indie wrestlers. What the people who were nominated, it's just really fun slash funny because you have Rhea Ripley, WWE, Tony Storm, AEW, Deanna Prazo, Impact, Athena, ROH, Tiffany Stratton, NXT. So you take like the top five like biggest, I'd say promotions, NXT, ROH aren't really promotions anymore, but whatever, the top five biggest American wrestling shows and you got the top heel from each show that's that's your crew right there who was the biggest heel in WWE's women's division it's got to be Rhea who is it in ROH easily Athena so it's it, yeah it's just so funny that this this was the five that made it because it's kind of a perfect encapsulation of the women heels in Tony and Rhea yeah and like I'm okay with it. I'm, you know, sometimes the obvious thing is it feels a little too obvious, but it feels right too. And it's really, it's kind of a rarity in our ballots to have a category dominated, com like completely run by the major promotions. So for novelty factor, it just, it's kind of, it's kind of interesting. Like our voters, we're really blessed with a listenership that um, has diverse tastes, who follow a lot of independents, who follow a lot of really diverse promotions out there. Um, and so we get voting that is like super representative of, of wrestling all over and not just the major promotions. But it's cool in some ways to see like, you know, that the heels are making that impact in the major promotions this year. We've got, you know, Rhea Ripley is as big of a wrestling star as you can get. I mean, there are arguments that, like, put her above most of the male talent in WWE. And she is, like, the push that she has been given over the last couple of years has every indication that they know that she is a star. Tony Storm, we've seen some amazing work from her, especially in the last six months. She has, I, I'm loving this, like, tweener role that she is in now so even calling her best heel at this point is kind of disingenuous in that like she is clearly a heel but also like definitely operating in the in the zone where everybody is cheering her for her regardless diana continues to be diana and do it super well in tna 
I'm thrilled that they continue to make her a major part of that division. Tiffany Stratton is so fresh, such a newbie. But as as Glitterati member Don Hollowell has sold me on her, the the sky's the limit for her. Like if this is her beginning, it is a it's going to be a really good career. So let's talk about our winner then. So all of these women carrying that heel. Uh, carrying that heel role in their in their women's divisions of these major promotions and carrying them on strong strong shoulders. What sets at the end? You said Rhea Ripley is like basically one one of the biggest stars in WWE right now, on par with some of the men. Athena is the biggest star in ROH, above all the men. As much as we love Eddie Kingston, he's an AEW star. He just happens to be holding the ROH title. Athena is the R the ROH star. She's appeared on AEW promotion, uh, AEW television, like maybe once this year, I think. Otherwise, she's on ROH and she's wrestling every week. She's beating people every week. She's like 37 and 0 this year or something like that. She's got this really compelling storyline where she's yeah she's bullying. She's bossing around Billy Starks and Lexi Nair. So we're gonna see her. In all facets, we're going to see her kick ass in the ring on a regular basis, unlike Rhea, who doesn't wrestle all that often. We're going to see her in promos, in backstage interviews, in long-form videos. Before going into Final Battle, ROH uh, uploaded a YouTube video that was like an hour and a half long, the entire history of Athena and Billy Starks. And there was that much content to pull from, to make an hour and a half long video of this one feud. So... Yeah, she just she was a presence this year. What's interesting for me is the way Final Battle ended and unfolded. It's really I really don't know where she goes into 2024, and part of me thinks that she's not going to be a heel for much longer. I, that that makes sense based on that finish, based on you know, like it, it's hard to see her continue. It's, it's hard to envision what that continued heel presence is like, given how things check out for Final Battle. So I will be curious to see where she goes, what she does in 2024, and what that storyline starts to look like. However, I think the one thing that we're leaving out, too, is that Athena in 2023 really owned, and this started in 2022, so don't don't take my like assessment here as saying that this year made all the difference, but in 2023, we saw Athena own her wrestling style in a way that may have been like compromised in whatever fashion when she was in WWE, maybe even compromised to some degree whenever she was introduced into AEW when they were still had her as a face and they had her up against Jade Cargill. Athena is a hard hitting wrestler. She is a brawler. She can make a move look double the times brutal that it would look normally. And she's come and and people have picked on her matches, claiming that they have been too tough, too, too strong style, too, too real. Those people need to watch more wrestling or watch less and go outside. Um, Athena in 2023, part of what made her presence in ROH so impactful Part of what made her work as a heel so impactful, part of what has made her as a wrestler like so much fun to watch in this new evolution of her career is the fact that she is not afraid 
to look like she hits freaking hard. And that, and that's great. That, that's key. That, that makes, that puts her right at home in ROH. It, it harkens back to so many wrestlers who have made their name in Ring of Honor. And it makes total sense that she is their star right now, that she is the ROH star of the moment. As I pointed out, no indie wrestlers nominated in this category this year. In five years of the Glitter Bombs, only two independent women have ever been nominated in the category of Best Heel. Every year, this award is dominated by WWE, AEW, Impact, the big promotions. The only two women ever nominated were in 2021, Ziggy Hyam and Becca. So that continues to be interesting to me about, I, th- I swear we had this conversation last year, about, I don't know if it's hard for heels to get over on the indies in the same way because we just we love them because they're there like ziggy is doing everything that she can enjoy wrestling to be a heel but we love her we love her because she's our heel our villain and you'll have someone like masha samovich will play like a badass heel in one promotion but then a week later we'll be wrestling another show where she's booked as a baby face so outside of the rare exceptions like your Killing of Murphys and your Darius Carters, I think it's I think it might be hard er to play to like to be a strong heel on the Indies than it is on a national TV program. I think you're absolutely right. I think also um, it's difficult to remain consistent in one role or another in the independence when you are maybe working for a lot of different promotions and you're not always in a fixed role. Um, Ziggy is a great example. Ziggy is mainly a heel in a lot of promotions. She's a heel and enjoy, obviously, but she's not always a heel. And she frequently, as, as shown in a, in AIW the last several months, she had a bit of a face turn when her, when her partner turned on her. So it's just a good representation of like, you might be a heel in one promotion, but you're also, you're kind of a face in another promotion or you're a tweener in another promotion or like, it, it makes getting your name out there specifically as a heel a bit more difficult for a lot of independent wrestlers when you don't always play that role. What would wrestling be without the heroes that we love? Presenting the award for best babyface is the former Enjoy champion, the force behind 880 Wrestling, and the T2T Wrestling Academy, and the king of Pittsburgh, MV Young. A great babyface is a wrestler you can't help but cheer for the second they walk out of the curtain. Whether it be the way they walk, the way they fight, the way they smile, or a certain unique babyface fire that only they possess. A babyface wins the hearts of the masses by fighting against all odds and proving that they have the ultimate desire to win. And the nominees for Best Babyface are Willow Nightingale, Hikaru Shida, Mizuki, Edith Surreal. And the Glitter Bomb goes to Willow Nightingale. Well, we talk about uh, it might be hard to get over his heel on the indies. In wrestling in general, it can often be hard to get over as a babyface. You want to get over as a heel. You come out, you, you tell the fans they're dumb, they're stupid. You tell them to shut up. You wrestle like at half your speed that you, you're capable of. You slow things down. There's lots of ways to get people to not like you. It's as, as simple as like, you know, getting a bunch of decisive wins over popular wrestlers that where the fans feel like you don't deserve it. Boo, boo, get out of here. You suck. Go away. Heat. 
getting over the baby face can be hard. It can be hard to go out there and tell the fans, like, I want you to cheer for me. I want you to like me. Because if you don't feel authentic or if it feels, yeah, if it feels forced, if it feels phony, it's really easy to see through that. That's part of the reason Romarines got booed for so many years. They had him out there saying, suffer and suck a tash. And the fans were like, what is this? This list of four nominees, they all feel so authentic. They all feel like, it just feels like them. Like you see them in the ring smiling and slapping hands with fans. And like, it's like, I fully, I fully believe that this is exactly what they are outside the ring. If I ran to any of them at the grocery store, they'd be the same way. They'd be as friendly as smiles, just ball of sunshine and nobody epitomizes ball of sunshine like Willow Nightingale. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason Willow has won this three times in a row. If there's a reason why Willow plays a babyface entirely, like, you know, can you envision a heel Willow? Sure, maybe. Given the, the right context, you could probably see it. And I believe that she is the type of person, the type of performer that could make it work. However, she is babyface incarnate. There is nothing remotely innately heelish about Willow Nightingale, down to the fact that, like, she's a power wrestler who power wrestles like a like a bouncing like ray of light. Like, who who ever takes these power? Like, I just I find her dynamic so intriguing, and the fact that it has such range even though it never strays from heroic, it never strays from good guy, it never strays from someone who you unyieldingly root for. Um, despite all of that, despite that, it could come off so one note, but it doesn't. Uh, she has an energy, a vibrancy that is infectious, that people will immediately respond to. You can show anyone, wrestling fan or no, you can show anyone a Willow Nightingale entrance, and they're going to get it. They're going to get that. They're going to feel it. They're going to feel immediately like this is somebody that they want to root for before they even see her in the ring. And then when they see her in the ring, hopefully they've learned everything they need to know to become a diehard fan. To some extent, it makes her indestructible. Like, any, no matter what happens, we're, we'll still be cheering for her and we'll still be behind her. And in the hands of someone like Tony Khan, that worries me that, like, you know, she can win the Owen Hart Cup and then so what like then nothing happened nothing comes of it she challenges athena in my opinion best match of the year at death before dishonor she doesn't win and then the aftermath is like wishy-washy she does this thing with sky blue and julia hart where she gets misted and we think she's gonna turn heel and we're all like oh god please no and she doesn't which is great but then like nothing really come you know like she's in that part that spot now in AEW where they just put her out there in random matches and sometimes she wins and sometimes she loses she's probably about 50 50 this year but they don't really give her a lot to work with or a lot to do and i I worry about that i worry that tony's just like oh it's okay if like she doesn't have anything consistent to do or she loses a lot because the fans will love her anyway yeah that is a dangerous dynamic to play with that is a dangerous game to play because you yes we are on board with her at 100%. But any wrestler needs to have a story. Any wrestler, no matter the level of charisma or their following or their abilities, 
They need a story to carry and they need a story to keep the fans invested and interested in, in their presence in that promotion. Otherwise, we could watch Willow anywhere, right? What is important about Willow being in the promotion that she is in? And that is the question that Tony Khan and company have to answer. And in, going into 2024, I really hope we get a better story for her, more consistent or long-running story for her than what they've been doing recently, which is this kind of patchy, like, putting her here, putting her there, having questions posed that don't, but like, like creating scenarios that are inevitably not going to be like satisfied or fulfilling in any way. Give her a good feud. I think it's time that we had a, a, another good feud for Willow. And maybe, maybe that's Athena. Maybe that's where we go with this. I think she's probably going to get bought, pulled back into the sky blue Julie Hart thing now that they're working together. Who landed perfect tens on the walkway this year? Presenting the award for favorite Locra gear. They are the 100th best tag team in the world, according to PWI. They were ranked number 63 and 64 of the QWI 200. And alongside Ray Lynn, they are the 2023 Glitter Bomb nominees for favorite stable. Please welcome Calvin Couture and Tyler Klein, The Runway. It's obvious that we know the importance of a good look in wrestling. Because every time The Runway walks in a room, you notice us. But this time, this isn't about us. Let's go through the nominees for favorite look or gear. First, we have Julia Hart. Ooh, a little goth mm. chic. I see how that goes. Speaking of chic, we have dark chic. Ooh, a little out there, but edgy. It's fun. It's different. Oscar. Ooh, now this this is one of my favorites. I always, I always like I always like the gear on the outside. Look, true, true, okay, true. Okay. I mean, we can't. We have to be. Let's not go. Okay, okay. Favorite. Eo Sky. All right, don't hate it, don't hate it. She's always coming out with something a little different than everyone else. And finally... Max the Impaler. Ooh, I mean, hey. A little rugged. You know what, Max, I'll give it to you. I can never pull that off, but power to you. And and let's go ahead and give the winner... Like, I mean, we're doing this, obviously, for M and little M, not Harley. Right. You know, but um, Calvin, who's the winner of the Glitter Bomb? The Glitter Bomb goes to... Oscar! Yeah! Love it! Out of all 10 of our awards this year, this was closest. It was just one vote. A one single solitary vote. I told you people to vote. One vote that gave Oscar the win over Dark Sheik and Maxine Paler, who were tied for second. It was, like a th- it was a three-way, real close race for, for the first there. And we talk about this a lot. We've had this in the past. Like our listeners, clearly, they like uh, they like big scary. They like they like the Oscars and the Maxes of the world. <laughs> if you can say Oscar is big and scary, but like Oscar's gear is classic. Oscar's gear is always good. Oscar's gear is like I I think what surprised me about this pick is it felt kind of like like a kind of a gimme like. Asuka always looks good. Yeah, it was. it's interesting that she won this year when she hasn't won before. And she didn't do anything radically different this year. She didn't have a huge makeover or anything in the way that, like, Julia Hart had. That wasn't this year, but, you know, Julia Hart going from a cheerleader to House of Black. That was a big makeover. Or someone like Dark Sheik, who has, like, 
different X-Men outfit every time we see her. All sorts of different costume changes and outfits. Asuka changes up the makeup and changes up the gear here and there, but she's pretty much looked more or less the same for the past five years. Sure. I mean, I, the, I think people responding to the makeup that she wore a lot in left this year. She did this, like, really, really uh, eye-catching, like, full-face clown makeup, essentially, like, in a style that only Asuka could do. Um, so maybe they're responding to that. They're responding to the whole, like, aesthetic like package. And, and that's really fair. It's just, it's kind of funny when someone who always brings it um, just in a consistent manner gets gets the win from this. It's it's a testament to how close our voting can be because like, you know, one extra vote would have tipped it to somebody else. I mean, you know me. I'm a Max the Impaler fan. I love Max's gear. I love their look. I think just bar none, they are the like single most like eye catching like aesthetic on like in, in women's wrestling and in, in, in generally in wrestling. I just I love what they do with that type of gimmick, what they are able to bring out of it, the detail work on it is astounding. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's always hard to argue with a classic pick. I feel like Asuka is like almost a throwback pick. Well, Max is the only repeat nominee from last year. Max was a, a top five last year and won this award in 2021. But this year was joined by a whole new gang of a uh, whole new goth gang. Really. All, yeah. four, all four of them pretty goth. Yeah, I mean, we had some people, some favorites from previous years that are not on this list. Um, it is cool to see. It's it's cool to see people acknowledge that Julia Hart's look has really come a long way, especially this past year. I picked on it when they first debuted her, like, kind of baby goth, like, mall goth look. Um, but it has, it has really evolved and evolved quickly. And now it's it's the perfect mix of, of goth and and tough and eye-catching and, and downright stylish. Whether it's face-to-face with a camera, being interviewed in the ring, or singing to their adoring fans, there are one group of wrestlers that you decided were truly the best on promos. Here to present our brand new award, they are OutSports contributor, host of LGBT in the Ring, and curator of the QWI 200, Brian Bell. Hello, lovelies. Promos are literally the lifeblood of pro wrestling in my mind. You know, they are effective ways of communicating character, animosity, admiration, humor, simply just the most direct form of communication with an audience to communicate about yourself, your mission, and what you hope to accomplish in any given match that you are entered in. Not to mention the fact that it makes for a beautiful way to really build yourself, change yourself, mold yourself into something completely new or different. And our nominees here for the Glitter Bombs Best on Promos definitely fit that bill. Everyone from literally the man to <laughs> to an international pop star to a fallen goddess obsessed with minions to someone who is reliving their golden age of Hollywood glory days for all of the gays. And of course, the one woman who rivals Dark Sheik and Sawyer Wreck for the uh, most uses of the word cunt um, in pro wrestling. <laughs> so your nominees for best on promos are Becky Lynch, Timeless Tony Storm, 
Athena, Becca, and Steph Delander. And the glitter bomb goes to Timeless Tony Storm. Chin up, tits out, congratulations. And Tony Storm's the winner. Like, right? Obvious. Tony Storm's the winner. I mean, Tony, Tony Storm is the winner. But, like, it's almost hard to even say, like, promos, because what we've been seeing from Tony Storm, yes, she's been doing some promos, but also she's been doing, like, cinematic vignettes of a quality that we rarely see on AEW, on any of the major promotions. She is committed to this character in a way that borderlines on insane. And she's also, AEW has really, like, invested its own weight behind this and delivered the whole package from giving her a reliable uh, second in RJ City to having, like, esteemed members of the film community from Turner Classic Movies uh, preview or, 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 you know, deliver preambles to her matches. Like, this is... This has gone beyond the level of just sheer creative promos. This has gone to the level of promo artistic genius. And she absolutely deserves to win this. This is like 100%. And, and consider the growth here. Also, don't forget the growth. Like, this is Tony Storm. Tony Storm, who always was reliably good in ring, amazing to watch in the ring, but who, like, Promo-wise, could run the gamut from kind of stiff to kind of add to, like, okay. Like, the stuff that she was doing with Soraya and Ruby and the Outcasts, perfectly okay, perfectly fine, kind of one note. They bring this out of her, and suddenly she's a goddamn actress, and she is having the time of her life, and you can tell, and it's great, it's perfect, it fits her, it makes her... it is finally something for Tony Storm to like really stand out. She's a she's a great wrestler. Now she is a full package. It's easy to forget that she like in the summer she was still part of the Outcasts. Like time is Tony Storm has only been a thing for a couple of months. But are there any women in any promotion who are getting consistent vignettes? And like videos in this way, I don't watch WWE, so I can't speak to it, but I feel like I would have heard about it if I did. Like, as far as I know, Becky, Athena, Steph, they're being nominated for this based on their mic work, their interviews, their uh, standing in the ring with a microphone, controlling the our attention, grabbing our attention and with their words and their deliveries in that way. But they're not getting like wacky videos set backstage doing things and god i want more wacky videos in all my wrestling <laughs> i i cry for it all the time i'm like yes i i oh my god there's nothing i my broken record on this there's nothing i love more than seeing wrestlers outside of the arena whether it's just like at a park or at like a gas station interacting with people in the real world at their home i they need tony khan has to have a mansion right we need more stuff of like tony storm at home, like at her mansion, you know, walking around, like walking up a marble staircase and hanging up by the pool. I love all that sort of thing. So for that reason alone, yeah, Tony wins this because hers were so different and so unique and got, get everybody talking 
every week still. Nobody else has been given that opportunity. Maybe if they did, we'd have some more competition here. But as it is, this felt like a shoe-in. Yeah, I mean, that's a really good point. Like, they have made the investment for her. They have put in the, like, time, the screen time for these vignettes, for these promos, for her, for anything that she's going to do, down to, like, the production detail of her entrances coming out in black and white. Like, they are doing it. They are throwing their money down and saying, and throwing down the time and saying, take it, it's yours, and she is running with it, and it's working. If any other woman on that roster was given that same push, and we saw when they started doing that with with Britt Baker, it worked really well. Once Britt Baker got better on the mic, when she like owned her heel persona, when they did that with her and she was having a whole like conspiracy theory like series of, of promos, they were great. They were really entertaining. We got a lot of great character work between her and Rebel and everyone else in her orbit. They're doing this now with Tony and it's working and it just should show them. Yet again, you give your women time on screen and something to do and people will want to see them do it more. The end. Now, AEW, WWE, to a lesser extent, Impact, they got the money to make this stuff happen. AEW can afford to film these black and white vignettes and do all these fun, different things. It can be hard for someone on the indies to pull off something to this extent, to pull off those kind of vignettes that I'm talking about, those cinematic type things. But if you have a creative person, if you have an artiste with a vision there are always ways to make these things happen. And you got Becca releasing songs on Spotify, releasing singles. You can go on Spotify, you can listen to these songs. They have cover art, they have music videos sometimes. Her social media is a masterpiece in this extent. And I truly think that in five years, 10 years, we might be talking about Becca's time in the Indies in the same way that we were talking about Orange Cassidy and some of these other people in that, like Orange Cassidy found this, or Dan and found this look, this approach to their character that just hit, that just landed and they finessed and they finessed it until it was like perfect encapsulation. And for me, that's Becca right now because she is really just from the name B3CCA to the look to everything else like she's found this perfect niche yeah and I'm gonna I'm gonna give it up to our other like big independent presence on this list of nominees Stefa Lander uh, alongside of Matt Cardona have has been doing incredible work this year um and these are promos that are primarily being shared. These are promos and videos and things that are being primarily shared online, on their Twitter, on TikTok, etc. They are doing what they can to, to spread, like, whatever it is they need to be spreading, to, to be fueling any feuds, to be their, like, cocky and arrogant former WWE selves. But they are doing it in a, like, mass media platform that is getting them attention from not just not just wrestling fans and not just like, and, and wrestling fans who are still primarily entrenched in major promotions and not the independents. They're bringing eyes onto GCW in a way that, you know, 
GCW is benefiting from immensely. So, and, and that's not even counting the in-ring promo work and like the presence of Seth Lander at these shows. So really big kudos to Seth, big kudos to Seth and Matt for what they've been doing this year. It's been really, really fun to watch. Well, Steph isn't here tonight. You know who is here tonight? The international pop sensation. Rich. And now, performing her smash number one Christmas single, Silent Night, she is a celebrity fighter, a pop star, a generational talent. Please do not make eye contact. It's Becca. Oh my God, Becca Naders, thank you so much for coming out to see the first ever live performance of Silent Night. Let's go. Silent Night. Holy Night. All is calm. All is bright. Round yon virgin. Mother and child. Holy infant, so tender and mild. Oh. oh my god, guys. I'm so sorry. My phone is ringing. Oh, it's Timothy Chalamet. Um, he probably wants to know what I think of him in Wonka because I just saw it. Um, and it's like, why are you asking me, bro? Go ask your girlfriend, right? <laughs> but uh, I should probably take this call. So um, I'm going to cut it short here. Thank you all. Happy holidays. Love you all. Smooches. Who had the biggest breakout year? Who's destined for even greater things in 2024? Presenting the future star war are Glitterati members and indie wrestling's top scouts, Don Hallowell and Val Pancakes. The breakout star voted by our listeners has been granted to future stars of the past few years, like Layla Hirsch, Sazzy Boatwright, and Roxanne Perez. This year's nominees are Laura Frazier, Julia Hart, Johnny Robbie, and Billy Starks. And the winner is Johnny Robbie. I think that in a field of a lot of kind of a mix of indie people and TV names, I don't know. Billy Starks is kind of interesting because although she is a future star, she's also a current star. It just depends on like on the indie scene. She's a big star. But, like, yeah. if you go to, like, the, the Ring of Honor slash AEW world, she's a future star. <laughs> yeah, it's very, like, she's very much, like, in, like, a weird transitional situation because if you pay attention to the indies, you know who Billy Starks is. Mm-hmm. But if you're just watching, you know, TV wrestling, then you're right. You may not know who Billy Starks is. So I think that she's very interesting on this. But I was very excited to see Johnny Robbie win. Love her. Uh, but you got, got to, to see, see her. her WrestleMania weekend last year, which was yes. basically her breakout moment. <laughs> and then yeah, after she that, on... she just exploded and she's everywhere now. <laughs> yeah, she was on like three different shows I saw Mania weekend. And I was like, this, this gal, like she has it. Like 
She's so much fun to watch. I was so excited. I finally got like I got to see her, and I hope for nothing but the best for her moving into 2024. Definitely. So yeah, again, our breakout star. Congratulations, Johnny Robbie. Future stars always. I love seeing all the nominees because I haven't heard of half of them. Honestly, like I'm look, I'm going through the list and I'm googling these names to make sure that people aren't trolling trolling us or like creating fake names i'm like blah 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 blah. wrestler enter i'm like okay yeah that, that's that's an that's a person that's an actual wrestler <laughs> so i love looking at the future star category and also val and don just talked about this a bit but the how our voters choose to interpret this because i look at this list and i'm like well julia hart is the tbs champion billy starks just main evented final battle are they future stars or are they current stars yeah uh, that's why I I kind of take umbrage with the inclusion of uh, both of those women on this list because like if you're signed to a major promotion and you've gotten any kind of major push, both of these women have. Higher, well, yeah, it, it, in the current year, Billy Starks and Julia Hart hardly count as future anything. They are current stars. They are very of the present stars. But if you're looking at it from where they stood this time last year. To where they are now, I get it, and that's why Roxanne Perez won last year. Yeah, absolutely, and I think. But did Roxanne Perez win last year before she won the title? After she was NXT champion. Yeah. Okay. Because again, yeah, it's kind. Of, this is we call it future star, but it is somewhat of a breakout star award. That's how a lot of people uh, interpret it. I think. Fair enough, but to me, Future Star is most exciting. And not to take anything away from Billy or or Julia here, like that that is not the point. Um, but for me, the Future Star category is more exciting when we're talking about people who are on the verge of that breakout, who are have not been in major promotions, but are definitely poised to have an incredible coming year. And if WrestleMania weekend was any testament, Johnny Robbie is absolutely that wrestler. I love that Robbie won this category because this is a wrestler I had no idea was out there until WrestleMania weekend. And then seeing Johnny in a couple of promotions wrestle throughout that weekend got me on her radar like immediately. Same. I remember in the spring, all of a sudden I'm like seeing this name everywhere and I'm like, who is this? I've never heard of her before. Did she just debut last week? Like what promotion is she wrestling for that she's getting this? Oh, she's all of them? Okay, that, she's wrestling for all the promotions. That explains it. That's why she's all of a sudden getting all this buzz. And yeah, she felt like a perfect encapsulation. I love Flora Frazier, obviously. Interviewed her last week for the show. I voted for both of these two people in this category. But Johnny Robbie was my number one pick for that reason as well. Because it felt like what a... From, from nowhere to everywhere in the span of one year. And that's, to me, the epitome of Future Star. That, to me, is a name that in 2022, you did not know. And now, in 2023, winding out the year, that is a name you are actively looking out for going into the next year. That's, to me, the Future Star. Because, you know, Julia and Billy, prior to 2023, known quantities, like, Julia was already getting storyline solid storyline stuff in AEW in 2022. So, like, to me, future star category really belongs to those 
who are just beginning their big push, their, their, their big, like, climbing up. Um, and that starts with us just knowing who they are. And when you have a breakout weekend, and we talk about this every year when we cover WrestleMania weekend or the shows that we watched. But every year, there are people who make their name during that weekend. They're breakout stars of WrestleMania weekend. There are veterans who prove themselves time and time again. There are people who show up on every card and they're, they're your workhorse champions and you just absolutely, like, they dominate the weekend. But then there are people like Johnny Robbie where it's like, they appear on several shows. They are a wrestler that you weren't familiar with. Now you want to you want to know more. You want to follow that career because you know that something special is happening. Whether it's backstage, in the booth, or at ringside, the roles that broadcasters and managers play are maybe the most overlooked of all. Honoring the outstanding performers in a non-wrestling role is the writer of the best-selling comics, The Gimmick, Fire and Ice, Welcome to Smallville, and the forthcoming graphic novel, Total Suplex of the Heart. Please give it up for Joanne Starr. Not all heroes wear tights. Some of them wear striped shirts or even headsets. Yes, I'm talking about your commentators, ring announcers, referees, and managers. The people who hold it all together. The support system for the industry. We've got more women and non-binary folks in these roles than ever before, and it's great to see them thriving, showing the world this isn't just a man's game. And that's why I'm thrilled to present this next category, honoring the unsung heroes in wrestling. So the nominees for Outstanding Performer in a Non-Wrestling Role are Veda Scott, Renee Paquette, Val Capone, Gia Miller, and Mackenzie Mitchell. And the Glitter Bomb goes to, for the fourth year in a row, Veda Scott. Congratulations to my old pal Veda. I knew her when she was still in law school. That's how old I am. (laughs) And congrats to all the other nominees. It's an honor just to be in the ring. Hey, y'all. It's me, Veda Scott. I just got word that I somehow won the Glitter Bomb for Best Performer in a Non-Wrestling Role, which I don't know, y'all. Like, that is incredible to me. Thank you so much for voting. I mean, the field was especially wild this year. So I am shocked to find out that I won again, but I'm, I'm really proud of the work that I did in the past year. I will say that. I think it's important, you know, to be proud of your own work, but uh, the, the, the field this year was so awesome. It's full of people that I either worked with or hope to work with again, people that I genuinely admire. So to me, it's it's an especially huge honor. Uh, so thank you again for voting for me in the Glitter Bombs. I'm so pumped. Thank you. That's it. They did it. History has been made. Veda is the only person in Glitter Bombs history to not only win the same award four times, but to win the same award four times in a row. The very first year of these awards, back in 2019, Aubrey Edwards picked up this award. Since then, it's been Veda. Veda, 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 Veda. And I, God, if Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross are any, like, indication, Veda could win this every year for the next 30 years. And, and rightfully so. This is, like... I would say that this is a big year for Veda, but I feel like every year is a big year for Veda. Like every year keeps getting bigger and bigger for them. They're making they're they're making huge contributions into in commentary all throughout wrestling, from from independent promotions, from startup promotions, from 
really curious things. We let's not forget we just talked about Skabon, but like the very first Skabon show, Veda Scott was on commentary. Veda is on the West Coast. Veda's on the East Coast. Veda's up in Canada. Veda's down south. Veda's international. Veda is everywhere, and it's 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 remarkable to see how in just a few short years their commentary skills have grown so sharply. And also, it's cool that we we can still reliably see a handful of times a year Veda still making a presence in the ring. It keeps their presence. It keeps their like their their profile out there. In addition to the great online content that they are that they provide alongside their partner, Speedball Mike Bailey, like Veda makes sense as a winner for Great Glitter for so many reasons. I think Veda is like kind of the the epitome of a, a Glitter Bombs winner. They are a long-standing veteran of women's independent wrestling. They are someone who has channeled their wrestling skills and talent into another realm of the wrestling world. Um, and we always seek to cover women and people of marginalized genders who are working in wrestling and not just in in-ring capacity. For me, Beta Scott is this category. There's so many worthy contenders here, but Beta, like, there's a reason Beta's won this four years in a row and will probably be a big contender in, in the next year and the year after that. Not only did they win it four years in a row, out of all ten categories this year, this was the biggest blowout. <laughs> like not only not only did they win, they won more decisively than any of the other winners this year. It was a big margin between Veda in first and Mackenzie Mitchell in second place. What's interesting about the rest of this crew is that it's all broadcasters this year. We this category is open to any on-screen performer for their work outside of wrestling. So managers are eligible, valets, general managers, any other involvement in any sort of way like that. I mean, Mariah May could have been nominated for her work in AEW because she hasn't wrestled a match for them yet. But our listeners, our voters chose to go with all the broadcast members and all talented in different areas, right? Renee Paquette with AEW, Val Capone all over the Indies, Gia Miller with Impact, Mackenzie Mitchell with NXT. So again, some of the top people, Mackenzie Mitchell formerly of NXT. So all talented, those four, all talented women. And, but it's interesting too, because Veda's, oh no, that's not true. Val Capone's commentary uh, does like the actual uh, sitting at the ring with a headset on calling the action. But Renee G and Mackenzie are principally backstage interviewers. Yeah. And that's not a role that you get to stretch your legs that much in, you know? A lot of backstage interviewers, it's like stand there, ask one question, and then hold the microphone while the wrestler does a promo. They're not given, it's not uh, It's not the most creative of fields. So the fact that Renee and Gia McKenzie are able to like make the presences known in that way, in a way that differentiates them from other microphone holders is a testament to their work. Yes, agreed. Um, I, I, it feels too obvious, but I'll say it like Renee is incredible at doing so much with that role. Like really, um, should be studied by others who are going into backstage interviewing because she doesn't get in the way of her subjects. 
She never makes it about her. And yet she, she pulls focus just by the level in which she commits to the reaction and she picks the perfect note in which to, to play for each segment. I think that's really key when it comes to backstage interviewing and for these interviewers to kind of stand out is, is it just holding the microphone, asking the question and handing it over? Or are you reading the energy in that moment and responding to it in kind without making it about yourself? And there's probably no one who does that to the, like, to the level that Renee does it. Renee just nails it. And she does regularly get to do more hosting type mm-hmm. duties along with our host of the night, RJ City. They do different things, hosting the pre-shows and different special events, things like that, which, again, allows her to really show off how multifaceted she is. Yeah, absolutely. But she's no beta Scott. Nope, clearly <laughs> not. Clearly so, not. yeah, every month I'm just like, why hasn't anyone signed Veda yet? Like they've, they've, they're very blatantly clear on Twitter, on social media. Like I'd like to be signed somewhere. I'd like to work full time and not have to like arrange my own flights and hotels and drive myself everywhere. And it's just, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know what impacts waiting for. I know, I know why WWE and AEW haven't signed them, but impact. Yeah, the the team they have right now is good, and I never want to advocate for a three-person booth, but it's got to be somewhere. It's got to be somewhere to capitalize on beta more. Answering the age-old question, yes, some teams can coexist. Here to present the award for favorite tag team or stable or two members of your favorite tag team, the Glitterati. He is the promoter behind Combat Fights Unlimited. They are singer and guitarist for Bradlands and Cheap Pop. Put your hands together for Mayday and Jackie Pratt. Love Jackie. So Mayday, what makes a good tag team? I would say being on the same page, cooperation, that that indescribable chemistry you need to work well together go figure as a team and most importantly you need matching gear i cannot overstate this best tag teams have matching gear thematically I, not literally <laughs> you, well i mean how are, how are people supposed to know you're a team if you can't even exactly. coordinate your outfits exactly i mean it's just some basic fashion sense here <laughs> I also think you hit on something with the chemistry as a team, right? Like we all seen those teams with those random pairings where there's one person or, you know, another person put together and yeah, they might have a punny name or they might have a nice little flash in the pan interaction, but there's no long-term chemistry to tie them together as a team to make you be like, I need to see them together. These two, these three, these four people, because it's how they are together. That's something really special. So I, I'm with you that the matching gear, super important, but also that chemistry, that factor that really makes you want to see everybody and not just one person from that team, you know? But say it makes you want to see the team and not the people in the team, if that makes any sense. It's the most important thing to me. I am with you there. So with that, let's get into the 2023 Glitter Bomb nominees for 
favorite tag team or stable, starting with Damage Control, MK Ultra, Pretty Empowered, The Outfielders, and The Run Ray. And the glitter bomb goes to your knockout tag team champions. champions. MK Ultra. Uh, uh, we are so excited. We are so proud of you, Masha and Killer Kelly. You have done the world of women's wrestling and tag team wrestling proud this year. They've absolutely earned it. Um, they they have just they have everything that we just talked about. They have that chemistry. They have that camaraderie. They yeah. have the matching gear. But they they just they fit together and they they play well off of each other. And I'm extremely anxious. I don't know if that's the right word for who's gonna turn on the other and win. Because you know it's coming. Oh, it is coming, and I don't I don't want it to happen with these two because they're they really do Me make either. each other look. They make each other the best versions of themselves, which I guess is also another thing that makes a great tag team. You want your partner or partners to help you be the best version of yourselves. And I've never seen either of these women wrestle at, to this level until this partnership really, really brought something out in both of them that's special. And I don't want to see that turn. I know. I think maybe that's the mark of a good tag team or stable, too, is it makes you dread the inevitable breakup. Oh, it really does. So matching gear, chemistry, want you want you to see the whole team and then dread, dread that breakup if it's going to come. Uh, yeah. well, congratulations, MK Ultra, on your glitter bomb. Can you repeat Ooh. next year? Will you stay together another year? I guess we'll all find out. So say, are they gonna still be a team next year? I hope so. I'm hoping for like a new day type run where it just goes for years. Uh can we get this? Let's manifest it, Mayday. There you go. Put that in the universe. All right. First time in three years that we've had two women win this award. Last year's last year's Bussy and the year before is Kings of the District. That is right. That is interesting. It's also noteworthy that uh, quite a field, quite a field here. Damage control, repeat nominees from last year which again is a testament to something because we've talked in the past, a lot of tape teams don't, don't make it to a second year. <laughs> like they, especially in WWE, especially in like AEW and places like this. Well, okay. That, that's not, uh, in WWE. Yes. Unless you're like the Usos or something where you're tied to each other or the new day. Vince will put you together, you team for like three months, and then you turn on each other. AEW has a lot of long-standing teams. You got teams like FDR, you got teams like the Bucks that have been like teaming together for years and years and years. That's not really the case in women's wrestling. Like, what? Who are the women out there right now who have been teaming together for a long time? Who? Uh, great question. The uh, Allison okay. K, Marty Bell. Who else? Uh, I mean. We've had factions that are stuck together, so that kind of counts. But yeah, I mean, it's it's a good point. It is a good point. There's just not a consistent yeah because when I even who do man, I'm sorry, I'm a little bit behind the times when it comes to ABW because I keep thinking of these tag teams, but 
just don't exist. Like they don't exist anymore. Yeah. On that note, MK Ultra, our winners, they formed this year. They've only had maybe four or five televised matches as a team, but each one of those matches has been like a big deal match. It's been four title. It's been on a pay-per-view or on impact plus events. They've formed instant, just they've they just melded together perfectly. Like they found a look right away that matches with them. They've got similar energy. It's all born out of uh, being tied to each other with a dog collar. So like, come, come on. They seem to have this mutual love and um, eroticism mixed with violence, the, their violence. And it's just, yeah, you see them together. Like going in, we, me, you, Mayday, we all might have been like, I don't know, do you want to put Masha Sandwich in the tag division? Like, she was just challenging for the Impact World title. She should be a single star. She should be the singles champ. Putting her in the tag division, especially the Knockouts tag division, where there's only ever like three teams at a time, might have, on paper, sounded like a waste. Sounded like a step down, like they're just killing time because they don't know what to do with her. Maybe it was. But if it was, then ha, joke's on you because... It's been a huge success. Yes. Uh, if you listen to our Match of the Year episode, you know that their dog collar match in June uh, was my Match of the Year for many reasons. I won't rehash. But the biggest reason for me for picking that for Match of the Year um, was the fact that it was a continuation of the story and that it continued the story. Because a lot of times you have these big, like, gimmick matches that finish off a feud and it's the end but not for Masha and Kelly for them it was the end of a feud and the beginning of their tag relationship this that dog collar match ended with a sign of respect for Masha to Kelly and from there they grew this tag team story in a way that made a lot of sense because Kelly had to prove herself in a really brutal match in order to get Masha to like to, to work with her and as a result it makes all the like following actions it makes all of the matches it makes every story beat that happens post that match mean more because we saw where it was earned from where it was derived from i i, I think this is a great pick i was so excited by this power by, by, by this tag team by by the story this year um i was completely surprised by it too like this was not something that was on my radar and then picking it up and then seeing that dog collar match and seeing where they've taken it. It's been, it's just been a pleasure. It's been like, again, it's one of those moments where impact proves that it can deliver like women's wrestling at a level that its peers in the major promotions often do not touch. Elsewhere in the nominees, we've got a couple of teams of family. Out of the NWA, we have Pretty Empowered, Kenzie Page, Kylie Page, and Ella Envy. And then we have the outfielders, cousins Shay McCoy and Weber Hatfield. So those, that's the one, those are the teams that do stick together for longer than a year, is the ones that are related by blood. They often, even if they split up temporarily, they often come back to each other. I think it's really cool that the outfielders got this nominee nomination I would. I'm every time I see them, I love. I love them. I love their rapport. I think they like work great together. I love their looks. I would always 
advocate for seeing them in more places. I would love to see them in more promotions, doing more things. Pretty Empowered, I don't watch the NWA for various reasons, and Billy Corgan, you know what they are. But what a testament to them that they got this nominee. They got this nomination. Nobody else in the NWA was nominated for anything in any category. And Pretty Empowered's work has been so strong that they made it to the top. And then The Runway, brand new little uh, three-person faction out of Enjoy Wrestling principally. Calvin and Tyler, the, run, the Runway, along with Ray Lynn, forming The Run Ray. They really they teamed together for the first time, I think, this year in Enjoy, started to come together, make their presence known, and the way the last Enjoy show of 2023 ended was the three of them standing tall. So we could uh, we could conceivably be looking at them at an Enjoy takeover next year with them holding the take title and the Enjoy championship. Would love to see it. Would love to see it. Um, Raylan uh, was based out of Pittsburgh, is no longer based out of Pittsburgh, is now based out of Texas. Um, but it's been cool to see her continue to come back for the major Enjoy shows. And um, they're really they're really doubling down on on Ray Lynn and giving her potentially a title shot and also uh, cementing her partnership with the runway in a way that like is effective and works and sells them all as the heels that they are. And yeah, I, I really hope we see more runway in 2024, at least in the first half. One fall. Pinfall, submission, or disqualification. It's the reason they do it. Presenting the award for match of the year, she is wrestling media personality and your QWI 2023 award winner for writer of the year, Ella J. Hello, everybody. Ella J here, pro wrestling media personality, writer, and interviewer. And I am so excited to be introducing the next Glitter Bombs Award. I'm so excited, especially for this award, because there was a lot of amazing contenders in this. Of course, I am here to introduce the winner for Match of the Year. Now, this specific award had so many contenders, it was very hard to narrow down because 20. 23 was such a stellar year for women in wrestling. We saw many main events. We saw many enthralling title matches. Even some non-title bouts have been thrown in the mix for the nominees this year, which I think is a real testament to the progress that women have made and continue to make in the wrestling space. And I am so excited that they got to show off their amazing skills. And so without further ado, let's have a quick look over the nominees for Matt of the year for the 2023 Glitter Bombs. Now, as you may know, the nominees for Match of the Year were Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley for the SmackDown Women's Championship at WrestleMania 39. We also have Impact in here with two spots. Firstly, we have Jordan Grace versus Mickey James for the Knockouts Championship in a title versus career match. That match, of course, took place at Impact Hard to Kill in January. We also have Masha Slamovich versus Killer Kelly in a dog collar match at Impact Against All Odds, which we all know led to the amazing connection kind of between the two afterwards. 
Swords. We also have Becky Lynch versus Tiffany Stratton for the NXT Women's Championship, which took place under the stipulation of Extreme Rules at NXT No Mercy, in which Becky Lynch retained her NXT Women's Championship. And of course, rounding out our nominees is the first ever headlining women's match in the history of Ring of Honor pay-per-views. That was Athena versus Willow Nightingale for the Ring of Honor Women's Championship that took place at Death Before Dishonor. And what a battle that was with Athena retaining her championship. But of course, there could only be one winner. And insert drum roll here. The glitter bomb for the 2023 match of the year goes to Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania 39 for the SmackDown Women's Championship. What a match that was. I remember getting super emotional after that match. And so have to agree with this year's winner. So congratulations to Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley for an incredible performance that is now being honored with the prestigious Glitter Bomb for Match of the Year. I will admit I was a bit surprised by the results of this one, which I guess is just because I don't watch WWE and I haven't seen the match. So I don't know. I guess <laughs> I guess Charlotte and Rhea had a good good match at WrestleMania. I know it's like it was a big match on a big stage, and I know both women are quite popular. If I'm being completely honest, I don't care for them. Either of them. Oh. Don't like them. Oh. They do nothing oh. for me. Oh my god. Oh my god. We're we're done. I gotta leave. Breaking up on the glitter bombs. Um, I haven't watched this match either, though. I love Rhea Ripley, but also I just can't really bring myself to to follow WWE um, main roster that closely. Um, aside from the occasional just curiosity match, this one uh, big deal, but just didn't didn't get on my radar enough for me to even see it. I'm glad you guys liked it. I'm glad it was a favorite. It's always interesting to see what WrestleMania matches potentially make our match of the year listings. Oftentimes they do because sometimes they're like main event matches or they're like big deal matches. Great to see women represented in a high profile way on a WrestleMania card. Never gets old. Let's talk Jordan Grace versus Mickey James. Career versus title. Okay? Because when we talked about this, and it feels like ages ago, right? This was what? Was this like January? It was January. Mickey and Mercedes Monet both had that like, oh my God, wow, what a way to start the year. I can't, I can't wait to see what's next. Oh, they're injured. Yeah. Yeah, it's sucked. Sucky timing. Bad timing for injuries this year. Um, but let's talk about this match for a second. Mickey James does this whole storyline for Impact where it's her last rodeo. She's going to like fight her way to a title challenge. And if she loses, once she gets there, if she loses the chance for the title, she's going to hang up. Or she's going to retire her career. She's going to hang up her hat, hang up her spurs, whatever, what the cowgirl language is. But she's going to call it a day. And this is a story for a veteran wrestler and you do not see that for women enough. And this is played out beautifully. The match itself is really, really good. Jordan Grace does excellent work in a very difficult spot here. Because what is Jordan being asked to do? Jordan is being asked to essentially 
play destroyer of a icon, of a, of a working legend of women's wrestling. And she plays it as neutrally, as cleanly as possible. She does it in a way that like, you don't hate her. You don't despise her. It's not a heel performance. It is a performance of this is my title and I'm going to defend it because it's my title. It is my right. It is my obligation. And I'm going to, I'm going to win because I have to because I am the champion. That doesn't sound super exciting for me, but it works really well in combination with what Mickey James is, is doing in the storyline. This match, January, right? January, still fresh in my mind. This whole storyline still fresh in my mind. We're not for unfortunate injury. Who knows where we could have gone with this? But at the very least, we got this story. We got this, this culmination of this excellent, excellent storyline that Impact ran for months. And they did it right at the top of 2023. So it started off the year on the perfect, perfect note. We dropped our Match of the Year special a couple weeks ago. You can hear me talk at length about Athena Willow, Death Before Dishonor, my favorite match of the year, and Masha Killer Kelly, Dog Collar Match, M's favorite match of the year. We talked about it all there. You can go check that one out. And then Becky Lynch, Tiffany Stratton, Extreme Rules. I haven't seen this one either. I heard good things. Um, just uh, sorry, folks, but like WWE just doesn't do it for me, honestly. Like I can, I feel like I can picture what a WWE Extreme Rules match looks like. I've seen so many in my lifetime. I'm sure. I'm sure Becky and Tiffany gave it their all. Um, I, it makes me wish that Don was here because I'm sure Don could play in much more intelligently than we can. This is another category. I'm surprised that um, it was so big company heavy. One WWE, one NXT, two Impact, one ROH. No matches from the Indies, and there were some bangers on the Indies this year. I'm shocked that none of Mercedes Monet's matches made it. I had her versus Mayuri Watani high up on my list for sure yeah i don't know i will say this in terms of stats last year was the first time in glitter bombs history that wwe didn't have any matches nominated in this category and then this year they won it this year is the first time since 2019 that AEW hasn't had a match on the list and looking at the results of all of our voting and a bunch of these different categories here I feel like the downtick of the AEW women's division is really looking at these names all on one word doc is really staring me blank in the face. Like outside of Tony Storm and Willow winning best baby face, AEW does not have a strong presence in the results this year. No. Um, part of it is an overall, I wouldn't say lackluster, but I mean, Name a, name a really exciting women's match from AEW this year. Can you think of one? Not, not Jamie Hayter losing in a match where she shouldn't have even been wrestling. Not anything with Soraya. Not Hikaru Shida losing because Tony Storm stuck a metal trade down her pants. Like, none of those were like, wow, what a great match. Yeah, I mean... Did we get some good stories? Absolutely. Did we get some huge, like, rising moments with Tony, with Jamie in the first half of the year? My God. It has been so unfortunate to, like, have Jamie Hayter out of the conversation right now because Jamie Hayter's 
first half of 2023 was explosive and every bit the like star turn that you'd want to see of a wrestler of that magnitude and to be undone by injury is just such a shame but that being said like the matches themselves have not been super standout and that's just the unfortunate truth some of it is time limit some of it is is profile limit in that they are still in that godforsaken bold time slot on their godforsaken weekly television show um a lot of it has to do with the fact that these matches are not being put in prominent placement and they get overlooked even when the performances are good even when the storylines are good the matches themselves are not standing out because of a variety of factors that are not in the wrestler's control Five years of the Glitter Bomb, we've had five matches win Match of the Year. WWE has taken home this award three times, Impact once, and Enjoy Wrestling once. AEW's never won it. Now that said, I said, last year WWE didn't have any nominees in this category. This year they won. This year AEW didn't have any nominees in this category. So I'd like to believe that they they could easily come back and win it next year. You caught the talent. Thunder Rose is back. You got Chris Statlander. You got Willow. You've got Tony Storm. If she can dial back some of the character work once the bell rings, and then I think you got something there. Theoretically, Jamie Hayter will be back in the near future. All the pieces are in place. Just give them the opportunities. Let them open a dynamite once. Let them have the first match on dynamite because I don't think that's ever happened in history. Uh, I think it has. They may have vented a couple of times. I don't remember them ever opening a show. I feel like there's been at least once, and I'd be hard-pressed to tell you who it was, but I'm going to look this up after we finish. This is your main event. Our final award of the evening goes to the single wrestler that you chose as your absolute favorite wrestler of 2023. Here to honor this year's Glitter Bombs champion are the founders of this podcast, once again, Harley Vasquez and M. Fear. All right, we did it. We are here at the end of the show. Because this is our show, we get to present the very last award of the evening. And it's the big one. It's the main event. It's the top title. It's the reason we're all here. It's not the best wrestler in the world because how do you determine best? We're not asking, yeah, we're not, we're not asking our voters to ever tell us what the best is. We're asking you we ask our voters to tell us who their favorite is, no matter the context, no matter what they're doing, no matter who they're doing it against, who is your favorite wrestler? I don't care who the best selling band in the world is. I care who my favorite band is. The one that plays all the songs I love, the one that I listen to over and over, the one where I go out and buy all the merch and buy all the CDs. Yeah, I still buy CDs. Shut up. I... Those are the bands that mean something to me. These are the wrestlers that meant something to you. Your nominees for favorite wrestler are... Edith Surreal. Dark Sheik. Maximum Taylor. Asuka. Ziggy Hyam. And the Glitter Bomb goes to... For the third year in a row, Edie Surreal. 
Thank you so much. This is three in a row. Favorite wrestler at the Glitter Bombs. This is amazing. Thank you so much. Your continued support means the world to me. So thank you so much for voting for me. Yay. History. I told you. We knew we'd make history tonight. We did it. We made history once again. Three years in a row. Just like Willow for Best Babyface, Edie has completed the hat trick. From 2021 to 2023, there was no wrestler that y'all loved, that Yins loved, more than Edith Surreal. I mean, you can't blame people. Edie continues to be one of the most exciting wrestlers to watch on the independence. Um, Had a fantastic year winning the Enjoy Championship from what seemed to be like an unstoppable and young and in the moment you know who else could take that belt from mv and enjoy a promotion that he like you know that that is like that he, he is so closely tied to that people associate so closely with him and, and him and that belt um the only person who could take that belt off of MV Young and become an even bigger hero to the Enjoy crowd was Edith Surreal. And that's exactly what happened this past year. It, um, it, it's been fantastic to see Edie on her journey as Enjoy champion. It's been fantastic to see her another year of her flourishing and staying healthy and staying competitive. Um, and it, it's no wonder that you all love her and vote for her every year because she's amazing, super talented, super like super creative uh fantastic wrestler to watch in every sense of the word uh, what what is there to say about Edie that we haven't said every year now wwe won match of the year impact won favorite take team wwe historically has won more glitter bombs now in our five years of existence wwe has a record 15 glitter bombs over 11 for AEW, and you know more for scattered indies but Edie is just so beloved that, you know, she she jumps right over Oscar, right over Becky Lynch or Tony Storm or any of these other women. Just Edie now again history. Edie has the record now, six glitter bombs. Nobody else has ever won six in glitter bombs history. After her, it's Veda, Willow, and Io Sky tied at four. So, again, Edith Surreal is just the queen of the glitter bombs in our five-year history. Like, no, like, untouchable. And I don't know what it's going to take to unseat her from the top. Maybe, um, I know she's taking sporadic bookings over the next couple of months due to getting married and moving to a new house. Maybe that time away from the ring will be enough to let somebody else, somebody else have a run with the belt, Edie. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I'll, at this point, I'll be surprised if she doesn't win it next year. It feels like a foregone conclusion now. Agreed. Agreed. In terms of a top five, so Edie, Ziggy, Dark Sheik, Maxine Paler, Oscar, Ziggy and Sheik both made the top five last year as well. So they're consistent. They're up there. Fans love them almost as much as Edie. 
Max and Oscar were new entries in the top five this year. Last year, the top five was rounded out by Will Nightingale and Billy Starks. So Will and Billy slipped a little bit, allowing Max and Oscar to creep into the top five. So we'll see if there's some sort of big tonal shift next year, or if it, next year it's again Edie Ziggy Chic and two others. <laughs> For those curious, looking at the overall rankings of your favorite wrestlers in our final category of the night, as you can surmise, Edie was the most popular independent wrestler, Oscar was the most popular WWE wrestler. Most popular in AEW was Tony Storm at number eight. Most popular in Impact was Killer Kelly, who was also at number eight because they tied. The biggest climb on the rankings this year was Io Sky, former former winner of this award, two-time winner of this award, was 63 last year, but climbed back up to six this year. So Io was close to taking back her crown, but not quite close enough. And uh, Killer Kelly was the biggest debut on her list this year. Kelly had never been nominated for favorite wrestler before, and this year she uh, debuted at number eight. Love to see it. That's it. That was the final award of the evening. Thank you for being here with us. Thank you for finishing out your 2023 with us. Huge thanks to everybody who was here tonight with us in Poughkeepsie, all of the presenters, all of the winners, RJ City, Becca. Um, hopefully we can have you back at a future time where you're able to finish your performance. Tell Timothy that uh, he's welcome here anytime. Thank you to the Glitterati for not only supporting us and contributing to this tonight, but every week, all year, because we do this podcast every single week, every Tuesday, 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, wherever you get your podcasts, we've got a new episode. I don't think we've missed a week yet, and we've been doing this for over four years. Every week we have something for you. Just search Grid and Glitter. Interviews with favorite upcoming wrestlers, independent stars, interviews with cartoonists and authors and directors, referees, people all sorts of tangentially involved in the world of women's wrestling. We cover independent promotions. We cover big pay-per-views. We do episodes where we talk about, what, sex work in Gilmore Girls and the intersection of wrestling and menstruation, of queer wrestling, of gender identity, of Disney. You name it, we've probably talked about it. And if we haven't yet, we will next year. So thank you, everybody, for your continued support. You can find us on Twitter or Instagram or Patreon at Grit Glitter Pod. If you support us on Patreon, you get archived episodes of Grit and Glitter, you get bonus podcasts, and we take your money and we use it to sponsor independent wrestling. This year we've sponsored promotions like Hood Slam and Joy and Wrestlers Lab. We have been thrilled to help contribute to this thing that we all love and we'll continue to do our best to support this ecosystem that means so much to us. Yeah, we we, we are so grateful for your support and your listenership and all the wonderful comments that you give us online. Uh, the interactions that we get to have with you throughout the year are just like some of the best wrestling interactions I have all year. Um, I really love this little community that we have, and uh, hopefully we can grow it in 2024. Uh, 
you know, keep shouting out the wrestlers that you love, the wrestling that you love. And if our name pops up in that conversation too, thank you. And we hope that uh, other people will love us too. I want to cry now, but it's the end of the night, so it's okay. Grin and Glitter is my favorite thing. It's it's the amount of time that I spend thinking about this and planning and thinking of... We've already got a list of ideas for next year's Glitter Bombs, and that's 12 months away. The amount of time and energy that I spend on this little podcast every week, and it's all fun. It's all joyous. It's never, it's never laborious. It's never a chore or a pain in the ass of, oh, we got to record another thing this week. No, I'm always excited every time. What are we going to talk about this week? What do we get to discuss? What fun ideas are we coming up with this week? What new friends am I going to make? All these presenters this year, you know, like I, I consider them all friends now. And some of them I've met in person for the first time this year, like The Runaway. Some of them I've never met in person and hopefully will. Maybe next year, maybe the year after. This is the biggest thing in my life. It's it's so fun. It's so important to me. We And we don't make a dime off of it. You know, we don't, you listen to these episodes. We don't have ads. We don't have sponsors. We're doing this out of, out of pure love and joy in our heart. If we can do some small little thing to help a wrestler's career, if any of this, you know, helps make Edith Surreal more successful, helps make Veda Scott earn a couple more bucks, then that's the least that we can do to help give back to these people who've given so much to us through their art. Couldn't have said it better myself, Harley. Thank you again. Thanks for listening. We will be back here next week, kicking off 2024 with our New Year's resolutions, with a look ahead, previews, predictions, hopes, and wishes for the year to come. I know it's going to be a good year, and I am thrilled to be doing it once again at the side of my best friend, M. Fear. Right back at you, Harley. Working with you every year is my favorite thing. And here's to another uh, two weeks of us putting together this uh, marvelous baby that we get to, to continue bringing into the world.